From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Carl Blaylock. Hi, hello, 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 and welcome into the WATH studios. Carl Blaylock with you. I'm joined today by Ashley Beach and Maxton Brunke. Folks, how are you guys doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Carl? I'm doing great. I'm ready for college football. Uh, my poor girlfriend. Uh, I I got the pretty much college football fan zoomies. She had to listen to. She had to listen to for the last hour or so before I left for the show. Uh, I just played her college football fight song after college football fight song. Uh, Buckeye battle cry. The Notre Dame victory march. Rocky Top. Uh, the CBS uh, CBS Sports college football theme. That's how it started. I saw a TikTok of that, and then it just spiraled. <laughs> so she's going to be well prepared for uh, this fall. Rocky Top is one of those you can play like any time, though. Like that's just that's just a good song. It's just a good vibe. It doesn't even have to be football season. I mean, it is, but you also have like the only thing I will ever think of when I think Rocky Top is uh, the end of the Alabama Tennessee game. <laughs> Or, or Pat McAfee and Peyton Manning directing it on College Game Day last year. That was amazing. There's a there's a viral video of these kids waiting for midnight of the first uh, Tennessee game one night, and uh, they just break out in a rocky top. That's what I think about. I love them. But oh, yeah. if I may, that is one of the most uh, Carlism stories I've ever heard. Is yes. that you showed your girlfriend fight songs from college football. Yes. I love it. I do yes. love it. Yes. Uh, she's going to have to be prepared for the amount. I I remember uh, last month she said something about how she's watched more sports in the two months that she's dated me than she ever had in her life before. And that's only going to continue because <laughs> it's only going to continue for her. But, hey, I enjoy teaching. I enjoy teaching the sport, and it's so much fun to teach her the sport. Even if she's literally just sitting there nodding, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'm sitting there like just absolutely out of my mind, like that's a that's a that's a walk, that's a bulk, that's that's a double, that's an RBI double. Oh, he blocked the plate. Why didn't you call that blocking the plate? Yeah, my no, mine's the same way. She just kinda like nods and agrees. Yep. Just just enjoys me having fun, so <laughs> Yeah, that's I guess that's half the battle with it, I suppose, in relationships. But uh, we're here to talk sports, and uh, today we're going to lead off with uh, the Home Run Derby. We're also going to talk about the Pat Fitzgerald situation at Northwestern. That is interesting. That news broke at the end of uh, yesterday's show, Uh, so we'll we'll talk that in depth in the second segment. But I, I guess first with the Home Run Derby, that was fun. It was fun, but I feel like the Home Run Derby isn't perfect. I, I agree with you. I'm. It's tough to talk about it like this because I don't have the mind, the creative mindset to say this is what the home run derby needs to change for it to be more entertaining. Um, 
but yeah, I agree with you. There is something about it that just feels a little bit off right now, and and the fun of it, it feels very repetitive year after year. It, it, it kind of evolves. So I remember one of the first home run derby I remember, I believe, was 2013, and it was one of the last years with the uh, normal format. It was at City Field. I remember Yoenis Cespedes hitting like 20 home runs in the first round. But I also remember sitting there and going, this is kind of boring. There's like a home run, and then you wait like 30 seconds, and then they throw another pitch, and oh, it's a home run, but it's not that great. I love how they've changed it to where now you have the timing, but I feel like there still could be better things. And I think the the biggest issue, and let's not take away from last night's home run derby. There were amazing storylines. You had the hometown guy, Julio Rodriguez, put up 41 home runs in the first round. You had um, Adley Rushman hit from both sides of the plate. You know, he, he hit some from the left, and then he turned around and went seven for eight on the right side of the plate, or uh, some combination of that. Um, but and then at, at the end of the night, you have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. doing something his father did, winning the home run derby for his father-son duo to do that. Uh, senior winning it in 2007 and Guerrero Jr. winning it last night. But it just, I don't know. Like, I, I, I felt this struggle with, like, the last few years watching the home run derby is the first round is amazing, and most of the time it's much-watched television. But after that, it's just, it's not that incredible after that and that's partially because you know these guys get tired but it's just it's not as entertaining because you see julio rodriguez hit 41 in the first round and then he's gassed in the second round he loses i think it's just like an awkward event in general to watch on television it definitely feels like something that was made for in-person entertainment especially because like you have that time of you know you have to let the ball fall well, it, in person, it probably doesn't feel like as long as a gap because you're, you're trying to actively watch where it's going as to where on TV you just wait for the camera to pan. And that's another thing that I think kind of leads to the less than stellar uh, less than stellar enjoyment of the Home Run Derby is the fact that the TV production by ESPN is awful. I remember every single year watching, and I always flip back and forth, even the you know the regular broadcast, the stat cast, every single home run. And they used to do this because they used to have a, a dedicated camera up top that would follow the balls as they left, and you would have a little star, and they would tell you how far it went. And they don't do that anymore. And a lot of the time, you just sit there, you see the guy swinging, and you have no clue where they go. And that's frustrating. I think that if they made that a little bit better... You know, it would be much more enjoyable to watch because you could, you know, actually understand. All right, there's a home run there. There's a home run there. That's how far it went. How far did each home run go? Because uh, I'll give an example. I watched the first round matchup between uh, Randy Rosarena and uh, Luisa. No, and it wasn't Luisa Rise. Um, oh, Aroldis Garcia and Rosarena. It looked like. You know, he was hitting bombs, but you, you didn't know how far those home runs were going. And when you have an important aspect is you get those 30 bonus seconds. If you hit two or two or two home runs that go 440 feet, that's kind of important to see how far these home runs go. And we didn't see that from the ESPN production. Yeah, no, I'm, and I'm with you on that. And 
I think the bigger issue is that this competition, again, it's the repetitiveness. And you mentioned it with Julio. He hit 41, and then he's gassed for the second round, and he loses. Well, let's shorten the home run derby to four people. Let's grab 10 of the fastest people in baseball. Let's have them run around the bases and see who can do it the fastest. Let's make this a skills competition like the the NHL does. Or a uh, better, better uh, comparison would be over in Japan. They even have, yes. uh, I, I don't know if they still do it, but they used to do a uh, almost like bunting curling. They'd sit there and they'd bunt, and whoever gets closest to the target would win. And it, it was awesome. Yeah, like a bunting bocce. That's really yes. cool. That's really cool. Yeah, like like let's add more of that into it. Yeah. And and I guess the issue right now would be is that the, the home run derby had lasted, what, an hour and a half? And that, no, it, it went almost three hours. Yeah, and that, that and was another problem. That was another problem with last night's is the fact, and part of it is, they, they I'm, I mean, I'm watching it with my girlfriend, and she's sitting there like, why aren't they hitting the ball? Hit the ball already. It's 8.20. The advertised times have started at 8, and they're still not swinging the bat yet. What if they, like, what if they made the broadcast more fun? Like, take two reserves from the all-star game or whatever, put them in the booth, let them talk about it. Like give it more of a free flowing format so that when you do have the, those gaps, it's not, you're not just listening to whomever from ESPN. You're, you're listening to more like dugout conversations, those kinds of things so that it's more entertaining for the audience. Or put Chris Berman back in the booth for the home run derby. That would be incredible. I mean, it, I, I, uh, I don't remember if he did the home run derby that I remember watching back in 2013, but I remember seeing videos of it on seeing videos of him calling the home run derby uh, on YouTube, where it just like he sits there and goes back, 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 gone, or something like that. Even even the Spanish language broadcast. I'm sure if I understood Spanish, that would be so much more fun because I remember la- watching last year's. They showed him a little bit and. He, he had a ton of energy with it. I, I feel like it's kind of lacking the energy because it's just like, oh, he hit another home run. He hit another home run. It's not like, whoa, that one smoked all the way into the second deck. You know, there needs to be a little bit more enthusiasm, I feel like. Yeah, it's not electric enough. I agree. And I, I agree with Ashley's point as well. I thought some of the most entertaining uh, parts of the broadcast last night was like, uh, the fellow Dodgers talking to Mookie Betts about what he can, you know, what he needs to do. You know, he would go up and ask them their opinion, and it's just seeing these players interact on on a on a human level. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like a lot of times as fans, we look at these these players as superhuman, and and that's okay because of what they do. But it's nice to see them interact like we do, and I, I know a lot of fans would feel the same and. We had those moments last night in the broadcast, but we didn't have nearly enough of them. Like we should have talked to Adley more about him hitting from both sides. That's really that's super cool. You know, let's have Julio go up and and just sit in the stands and in, in these in these Seattle stands around mm-hmm. his around his fellow fans and have them talk to him about his forty one. Like let's just do more random human like stuff with these players. Absolutely, and I, I think a, a tweak that might because you know. And nobody's going to say that the timed way that they do it now is worse than what it used to be, because this is so much better than what it used to be. But what about tweaking it a little bit more? Adding the time element in the same way they used to have it before. Have kind of like a drop-off. Okay, you have three minutes. You still have 
three minutes to hit as many home runs as it can. But instead of instead of uh, you go eight from one, and the bottom four, everyone's in the same group, and the bottom four from that group are dropped out of the competition, and then you move into the four, and everyone goes, and whoever who you know the top bottom two from that goes down. So it's everyone against everyone. You don't have this bracket. And it's everyone against everyone until you get to the final, and then it's 1v1 again. I think that would be wonders, and I will admit that's not my idea. Uh, one of my friends texted a, you know, texted in a group chat we were in. But that is a great idea. and I, I think that would be the next logical evolution of the home run derby. I don't know if it necessarily solves um, the issues that you have with, is it gonna, are the people going to be too much too tired? But it would be interesting to see a different format like that. And then it's not so much one versus the other. There's intrigue throughout the entire thing. I definitely think the bracket is what throws the event off because it makes it feel way longer than it actually is because you're just you're waiting for these matchups, you're waiting for these matchups. Well, why not make them all go go against each other at first? If they are all the best home run hitters or most popular players or however they choose them that year – why don't they all just face off at first? Yeah, and I'm like, uh, you, you go, Bronky. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with that. It's ridiculous that we have to say two years in a row, Pete Alonso has been knocked out by Julio Rodriguez when we probably would have seen those two in the finals had that not been the way that this worked. And yeah, so that, that I, I agree. It's very frustrating to me. So looking at how that would have worked last night if you dropped the bottom four, uh, from it, you would have lost Mookie Betts, still would have lost Pete Alonso, Aroldis Garcia, and Randy Arozarena would have also been dropped. So the four that would have uh, stayed going would have been Luis Robert Jr., Adley Rushman, Vladimiro Guerrero Jr., and Julio Rodriguez. Uh, moving on to the next one, obviously Arozarena, you know, he, he wouldn't have been in it. But it would have been dropped uh, Rodriguez and uh, Guerrero, actually. Because then you would have had a Rosarena and uh, Luis Robert Jr. And who fought. Uh, they went against each other in round two. And they both hit more home runs than uh, Guerrero or Rodriguez. So I think, I think that might have some credibility. Will they do that? Probably not. I don't know. I don't think that they're ever going to tweak it that much but i think that would be something worth looking into yeah i agree i i, I just feel like you know i, I want to go back to the skills competition thing because i don't i don't think home run derby alone is enough to get people in front of the tv anymore i would love to see i'd have no idea what the rating statistics compared from the this year and last year to past couple of years but i would love to see them I don't think they come out with them till Wednesday. I think is when they come out with those. But I, I think I think one issue with it is you got to cut down the time of the home run derby. Then yeah, because uh, you can't have the home run derby go from go from eight until like ten forty five. You, you got to have it to where it's maybe an hour and a half. Well, yeah, have the home run derby still be the crown thing, but still have a few other things instead of having a DJ and having them walking out and doing these weird poses. Yeah, no, I'm I agree one hundred percent. Let's say hypothetically they went with 
your suggestion, that would that alone would cut down on time. Yeah. Just because we're, we're not going round by round. So if they do change the format of the home run derby, the time thing might solve itself, and then they can add more into that time. But I just think there needs to be more. Have the TV window be from 7 to 11. Uh, start at 7 with some things that, you know. I, well, what else could they do aside from, you know, we got we got bunting bocce. What else? I, 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 I was thinking of an idea for like a, a stolen base type deal. So yeah, like run, let's, let's throw let's throw Elion first, right? And let's have uh, the best pitchers in the league with the be- the best pickoffs or like the most pickoffs in of the year up to that point. That's how they get chosen. Let's just say you give you tell that pitcher you got to throw five strikes within like an, an actual box, not like an umps box. But and within an actual box, you got to throw five strikes before Ellie steals second, or Ellie steals all all the bases. Well, that, that's that's not going to happen. Well, no, but <laughs> but it's you know, some, it's you know stuff that, like that, that, that would be that would be a good idea because you have to throw them. You you put them on the pitcher's mound. You have them throw into that box, and you have to throw five pitches in that box before Ellie gets from first to home, or you know all the way around the bases. It there wouldn't work for there. home just because of well, you, know, you, you, how that you would could work, but. you could you could make it around to where like they have a they, you could put a screen around it, you know, you could put the box like in the air and put the screen around it and just have like a designated area behind home where he has to run to a little bit farther than home, but compensate for that on the other side. Yeah, type yeah. thing. What if you did something like top golf where you like put a bunch of targets around the field and they have to hit the precision targets? hitting. Yeah, that would be fun to watch. Because you could take, you know, whoever doesn't qualify for the home run derby, but just like some fan favorites, like a, I mean, I, my brain is automatically like Joey Votto. Like, get these some well seasoned players, some well liked players, put some silly goofy targets. I mean, you could sell ad spots on those targets if you really wanted to, and just. Whoever hits them, I mean, make certain ones worth more points than others, and then you could work bunting and stuff into that as well. Kind of like the throwing competition for the NFL, but you know, actually better without the goofy, uh, the goofy targets and not tape delayed. That's the biggest thing I have issue with the uh, NFL skills challenge. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. We'll take a break. When we come back. Uh, we're going to talk about the Northwestern situation with Pat Fitzgerald. I think we all have, all three of us have, pretty big opinions on what ha- what is going on with Northwestern. So we'll talk about that after the break here on The Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Total Media Radio's Pure Rock 98.7 WYRO and Pure Rock 105 XTQFM proudly present the rent-to-own homegrown happy hour with Ben Davis Jr., live from the porch at Raleigh Smokehouse in Jackson. Rent-to-own homegrown happy hour with Ben Davis Jr. continues this Thursday night featuring the Mid-Ohio Valley's Sour Mash String Band. If you're looking for a great evening out, come join us on the porch at Rowdy's and be a part of the musical journey while enjoying a great Rowdy Smokehouse dinner. And of course, it's happy hour, so Rowdy's will have some great drink specials too. Rent own homegrown happy hour with Ben Davis Jr. Presented this week by Globe Furniture and Mattress of Chillicothe. Quality selection and service. This Thursday, live from Rowdy's, only on Pure Rock 98.7 WYRO, Pure Rock 105 XTQ FM, and around the world on the Total Media Radio app. 
You deserve the peace of mind that comes with affordable health insurance. Get Covered Ohio can help at no charge. Financial assistance is available and coverage is more affordable than ever. Some health insurance plans are as low as $10 or less a month. Don't wait. Open enrollment ends January 15th. Make your free appointment today by calling 833-628-4467 or visit GetCoveredOhio.org. This message is supported by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, but does not necessarily represent the official views of the U.S. government. Sponsored by the Ohio Association of Food Banks, aired by the OAB and the station. Flooded vehicles from recent hurricanes will be flooding the used car market, so buyer beware. If you're in the market for a used vehicle, be on the lookout for flood damage and make sure you have a qualified mechanic inspect it before you buy. The free VINCheck service from the National Insurance Crime Bureau is a good place to start. Head over to NICB.org to check it out. To report fraud, call us at 1-800-TELL-NICB. This is a public service message from the National Insurance Crime Bureau. Live and local, the sports fan on 970 WATH. This is a sports fan. That was so hot. That was awesome. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a sports fan. Carl Blaylock, Max Brunke, Ashley Beach joining you here from the WATH studios. And uh, let, let's. So at the end of last night's show, uh, right at the end, as I'm looking up, I don't even know what I was looking at, but, you know, literally 20 seconds before we go off air. I look and I see Pat Fitzgerald's been fired from Northwestern. That happened yesterday around 6.45. Let's run through the timeline of events before. Last November, there was an anonymous tip uh, about hazing going on in the Northwestern football program given to the university. The university investigated it. uh, In late June, Pat Fitzgerald was announced that he was suspended for two weeks. He was suspended for two weeks without pay. Uh, during the summer for, uh, you know, the hazing incidents. Then, Northwestern has, I don't want to say they have the best, but it might be the best, one of the best. I've still got a little bit of Bobcat pride in there. Uh, One of the best journalism schools in the country. And their daily news, or their not daily newspaper, their student newspaper, the Northwestern Daily, uh, releases a report Saturday afternoon uh, talking with uh, two whistleblowers about the that have experienced this hazing, uh, detailing multiple different things, uh, multiple different uh, things that they've done uh, with the hazing. I don't even know if we can talk about them on uh, air. They're I, that bad. I was going to say, I, I, we can't mention it. Uh, if you don't know the details, please go give those journalists some love, though, because the, the, the piece is outstanding and the details are horrifying. They they are absolutely horrifying. Uh, it, they're things that, you know, no human should be subject to, definitely not by football teammates. And it it's... So after that, uh, the president of Northwestern, uh, the university president, Michael Schill, said in an open letter that, quote, he may have levied the wrong uh, punishment against Fitzgerald. Then he, uh, Fitzgerald gets fired 645 yesterday, Monday, uh, and Schill said in a statement then, Uh, Again, another open letter to the university community. 
the football culture at Northwestern, while great in some ways, was horrible in others. And that's an understatement if you read that article because they're it's bad. Uh, I and reading that article Saturday, once I saw the things that were were going on, uh, reading in that article, you know, that's something to where Fitzgerald needed to be gone. Like, it, it wasn't a question of, you know, it, it wasn't a question. He needed to be gone. It, it, it's, it's, it's not a discussion. And if you read the article, you see the things that were done, you'll understand why. And he has, and it's going to get really messy. Um, Fitzgerald maintains the fact that he didn't know about it. But the things that were done in that locker room, the fact that he didn't know about it, and it... it that's even more damning for him, I think. I think that even if he genuinely didn't know about it, that's on him to where he still needs to be fired for that. You have to know that kind of thing's happening in the locker room. I don't. Uh, I'm, I personally don't understand how he didn't know because of some of the details within the report. It made it seem like it was very obvious inside the locker room that these things were going on. But something on the, along the lines of accountability, like where were the compliance officers? Where were you, other personnel, athletics personnel? Where were they? And maybe they weren't just get. Maybe they weren't given access to that locker room often enough to know what was going on. Um, it, but, I know. Uh, I know the report mentioned that there were some very specific times when this happened it happened uh the things that were detailed in the report happened when they were up uh doing summer camp up in lake uh, uh wherever they did lake kenosha wisconsin i believe uh but when they were up doing summer camp in wisconsin which that's been taken away from the team they're not allowed to do that anymore um you have another you know during breaks during thanksgiving and christmas breaks as well as what it is detailed. And I believe that's when the whistleblowing happened because they took a picture of mentions of these things. Uh, and they were on a blackboard. They took a picture of them. This was around November. So it... What are your thoughts on it, Brocky? Well, first, I want to mention the accountability thing, um, but with President Chill. Like, if he's telling the truth here, he comes out and he says... Hey, I did issue the wrong punishment. We're gonna look it over. We're gonna figure it out. And then he comes back and he goes, he's fired. And the, both of these are in open letters. I I want to respect the the accountability accountability from him. Um, and then on the flip side with Pat Fitzgerald, it it is ridiculous to plead ignorance in this in this space because bottom line, you have offensive coordinators, you have defensive coordinators that run your offense and defense, but you are the head football coach of Northwestern football. You have to know what's going on in your locker room. You have to that it, that is literally part of your job to oversee and to make sure that things are running the way that you need them to be running, and that shouldn't include hazing. Uh, absolutely, I think one of the more interesting things that I I find though is the fact that. Why did Northwestern only levy the two-week punishment? Because I, they, if they were investigating this from November until now, how did the Daily Northwestern get more information on it in the last week and a half 
than the university did the last six months. I think that, and that's the reason why a lot of people are are calling um, the bluff and saying that, yeah, you probably knew about it and now you're trying to cover up. But at the same time, if if they had a, we don't know that really the details exactly of what got him suspended originally. They might ha- only have had 5% of what we read in that article. I would like to think that they only had 5% of what we read in that article because, it, the, it, again, the whole thing was awful. But... I, I I don't know. I'm I guess it's the optimist in me. I want to I want to think that they didn't know about this and they didn't cover it up, but I really hope they didn't. I I really feel like they tried to. And it's a really dumb thing to do when you have one of the best journalism schools in the country at your fingertips. But it with the 6-month investigation, you also have to look at what's going on in the football program. Ryan Field is due for an $800 million, basically they're rebuilding Ryan Field. They're calling it a renovation, but they're bulldozing the current Ryan Field and building an entirely new uh, field. That's on pause. I I saw a report on Twitter, so albeit it's on Twitter. I'm not sure if it's confirmed, but I've seen something to where Northwestern University trustees want that put on hold until they figure this out. And that's a big deal. You know, and when you're a Big Ten team, especially it with the academic prestige of Northwestern, it this is trust that you're not going to get back. Northwestern football being relevant, and albeit they weren't too relevant in the last year or so, but they were, they were decently relevant even as uh, late as 2020. You know, this is a team that... They've won more division championships than Michigan has. Well, more division championships than Michigan State uh, in the Big Ten since 2014. When you have a high-profile coach like this, you have an alumni coach that can get you to recruit to Northwestern. That's gone. Pat Fitzgerald's gone. I don't know who, who even wants to take this mess of a program at the moment. You're going to have to redo the entire culture of the program, uh, which from the outside looked built up pretty well. Clearly not. So now where do you go as a program? You're stuck in limbo with your $800 million stadium. You're not going to have the facilities. You know, it, 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 you don't really have the facilities. It's almost impossible to recruit because you got to have like a 32 uh, ACT score to get in. It's got to be a complete overhaul for them. It, it just has to be because to to prove now you're pr- trying to prove a point to the rest of the nation that we are not what we have come out to be now. We are going to change that culture. You have you have to take everything out of the football program that you believe could be toxic, and you got to replace it with somebody that has a reputation of not being. And that way, maybe you can build some trust back. I'm going to be honest with you. Northwestern might be in a bit of trouble with the Big Ten. If they can't get this football program to bounce back, they don't really have any prestige in this conference anymore. And and it worries me. I don't think that comes anytime soon. Uh, I'm just throwing it up there. But it could. It, that is absolutely a possibility of a ramification of this. And that would really hurt Northwestern. I'm really hurt Northwestern. But yeah, no, to go to this renovations thing, the football, football teams all over the Midwest are the biggest revenue gains for 
these colleges. I don't know if that's the case at Northwestern. I would probably guess so. But with this big of a scandal coming out, of course they're, they they need to put that on hold. You know, they they are going to need to again. They're going to need to overhaul, pay new new coaches, and then pay to let go of those coaches, and then pay for the lawsuits after that. They're in trouble. They're in big trouble. And I'm honestly, I'm, I'm more curious than anything. I'm going to stop now because I have so many thoughts about it. But um, I'm more curious than anything about what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks, how Northwestern responds, how the higher ups in Northwestern respond, and also what happens to the athletic director. I'm really interested to see what happens with the higher ups at Northwestern. Uh, you talked about the athletic director. I'm interested to see with the presidents and some of the board members as well because. This is something that apparently has happened, been happening for a while. There's some NFL alums that are talking about, that, you know, mentioned stuff about this as well to the Daily Northwestern. So how long was this going on? How long did the university know about it? I This isn't just a football program problem. This isn't just an athletic, uh, athletic program problem for Northwestern. This is throughout the entire this is the entirety of the university because i cannot imagine that they did not have that in the same information the daily northwestern has i think what happened with that is the whistleblower who originally came out with all the information gave all the information to the university the university did nothing about it so the so the so the player went to the journalism department and gave him the tip and now we're here well, with the way FOIA works and how student journalists can get their documents, there probably, I will say, there may have been reports already on file within the university, and depending on the laws in that state, that's probably how the Daily Northwestern was able to confirm what the whistleblower was saying. And that, and if that's the case, I mean, that comes down to everything. That comes down to in the HR of, of Northwestern. I mean, yeah, that would, I, and now I really hope that's not the case. But I, I think the biggest thing, and I saw this on TikTok today, uh, there was a radio personality in Chicago, and I don't know if he was a regular, if he was a sports talk host or if he was just a news talk host. But he was talking about the only the only purple pride that there is in Northwestern today is for their journalism school, and that is it. The journalism school walked the Wildcat way. No one else did. And there have been so many people on social media. Now, social media will social media. And, and you, see, you see very social media-like takes on Twitter and such. But a lot of people... Are taking this away from the student journalists and one argument is that pat fitzgerald did, th- did this to himself the student journalist didn't do this pat fitzgerald did this to himself and yeah but how long was pat fitzgerald going to keep getting away with it then that's what i would ask would he just he just keeps the two-week suspension comes back and then this football team goes 0-12 again because he's built the worst culture ever there you know we gotta give the pride to them and, and a huge shout out to them and talking about accountability, that's something you know we were talking about before the show because Fitzgerald's fighting is firing because he, he's trying to say that the two-week suspension that he was given without pay was written as a contract. That's what that was. That's exactly what that was. And he is, it, it, there's no way that it can be upgraded. And so he's either looking for a lot of money from that 
or his job back. And it's the same thing we're seeing in a similar thing in West Virginia in Morgantown right now, just three mi- or three three some hours down the road on 50, where you have a you have a great, you know, on the court, great basketball coach in Bob Huggins. He was a legendary basketball coach. But he has made a lot of mistakes in the last year between what he said on the radio show, uh, on WLW, uh, to his DUI in Pittsburgh where he blew a .21. That's cause for firing. And yet, he said that he did not resign. And so now he's burning all the goodwill he had left with West Virginia. Uh, and it... He's not taking accountability for it. He he's saying that somebody else put his signature on that. It wasn't signed. He thinks that he did not resign and therefore he should still have his job, which, you know, even if he didn't resign, he was getting fired. You know, he was he had the option of you're resigning or you're fired. So it's the problem of there's no accountability and you know you think of that. You think of that with John Morant. You know that's something that you've heard a lot with John Morant's situation. But you're seeing it with all these high-level coaches uh, over the last few years. And you know, you just look at the fact that Hugh Freeze, Art Bryles, they they got second chances. How do they get second chances? And then that that's questions that we need to start asking. And how these coaches are truly being held accountable because there's a lot of times where they think they're gods. And you know, you saw it with Bobby Knight in Indiana in the 90s, and you're seeing it here again, both at Northwestern and West Virginia. And when we have a major scandal like this, uh, I think about like Penn State, for example, you would hope that in light of it, things will change. We'll start looking more, looking harder into programs and into coaching styles, that kind of thing. But it doesn't seem like it does. And that's honestly, that's what it comes down to. It's the money. And if it's bringing in money, then, and they think they can get away with it, they're not going to do much about it. Uh, You just look at Urban Meyer. I mean, at Ohio State, there was a lot of, you know, there's, you know, not necessarily, and there was a few issues with culture. So it's it's tough to say one way or the other, but you got to hope you have good coaches and even the coaches that do seem good seem to not be in. And you got to you got to hope that at least at the high school level and I know I lucked out our football program was a great football program in my high school. Um, we had the best most success we had ever at my high school when I was playing football, not because of me. I, I rode the bench. But uh, it was, we had that accountability. And, you know, sometimes practices we get a little chippy, but there was, you know, there wasn't any hazing, anything like that. The, there wasn't at all. And when, and that's to the coach, and the coach was a great coach. He was a great man. And he made sure to instill that we had, the character lessons that you have, you should have to be a man. He knew that, you know, yeah, football is just four years. You got to have life lessons for the entirety of your life. And I don't think that that's where the mindset is with college football. And I don't know if that's an NIL thing. I don't know if it's a success-driven thing. I, I, I don't know if it's because 
at this point, college athletics is more professional, not even just because of the NIL. It's been like this for years. It's more of a professional thing than more of a recreational thing like high school is. But there's questions with that that need to be asked, I suppose. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back after the sports, as you're listening to the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Athens Post 21's American Legion Junior Baseball team has made the state tournament, and you can hear the tournament coverage on WATH. Join us Thursday around noon from Beaver Field in Lancaster as Athens Post 21 takes on Zanesville Post 29 to kick off the tournament. Tournament coverage on WATH is brought to you by Courtside Pizza, North End Tavern, Attractions Hair Salon, Newsom Cabin Rental, The CI, Pete's BP, Dean Heating and Cooling, and Dental Depot. It's American Legion Junior Baseball States, right here on W. A-T-H. Need money for after school and educational programs for your child? Qualifying families can receive $1,000 per child through Ohio's after school child enrichment accounts. Funds received by a parent or guardian can be used on a number of educational activities, including tutoring, day camps and field trips, language and music lessons, and much more. You can find the full list of how funds can be spent and begin the process of receiving your educational account. Find out if your family qualifies by visiting aceohio.org today. Sponsored by the Ohio Department of Education by OAB and the station. Here's what's going on. It's the 73rd annual Amesville Firemen's Festival happening on Friday, July 21st and Saturday, July 22nd. There will be multiple exciting events such as the Coal Cave Hollow Boys playing at 7 p.m. on Friday. On Saturday, some of the activities include a craft show and Chinese auction, a car show at 4 p.m., a parade at 5 p.m. with lineup starting at 4.30 at the elementary school, a kiddie tractor pull at 6 p.m., and a musical performance by Eric Atkinson at 7 p.m. There will also be a gun show with a cash drawing. There will be many games for the kids and multiple concessions. The festival closes both nights at 10 p.m., so make sure to attend the 73rd annual Amesville Firemen's Festival on July 21st and 22nd. That's what's happening on Pure Rock 105 WXTQ and 970 WATH 97.3 FM. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. This is the Sports Fan. Carl Blaylock, Max Brunke, Ashley Beach with you in studio. And, uh, well, we talked about this a little bit during the break. The the All-Star game is tonight. It doesn't really mean anything. Not anymore. Not anymore. It used to. The history lesson, and most most listeners probably already know this, but let me pretend to be smart for a second. 2002, the All-Star game uh, went into 11 innings. They ran out of pitchers. It was declared a tie. It was a great All-Star game, too. Austin Jackson had an incredible catch. Uh, look, that, look that up on your free time. It, it was an incredible catch. I believe in the second inning of the All-Star game. But after that, they decided, you know what? We need to make it mean something. So from 2003 until, I believe, 2016 was the last year, the All-Star Game decided who had home field advantage in the World Series, the American League or the National League. Should we bring it back? Yes. Yes, times two. And not only not only should they bring it back, this should be in every single sport. Every single one, in in my opinion, I, ah. I love the idea. I really do because 
I, I feel like I've talked about this on the show so much, but I went to the, all, the NHL All-Star game when it was in Columbus in 2015. And the only thing I could think the whole time was that the players are just kind of like, they're just kind of going. Like they, they, they know it doesn't mean anything and they don't want to get hurt, all that type of stuff. And I understand you not wanting to get hurt for a game that doesn't mean something. So let's make it mean something. It, we have all the best players in the sport in one stadium at the same time, we want to see them be the best in the sport. You know what I mean? But you already have that in baseball. You like Everyone who says, you know, the All-Star game doesn't really matter. It still matters to some of these players. Look at Pete Rose. Pete Rose literally ended somebody's career in an All-Star game. So I, it does still matter to the players. I, I don't really think that it's something that is needed because it's just extra, extra thing, you know. You're still going to have the players try a little bit, you know. What it's I don't even think it's that much motivation. Is there really it, it's you know, if this was back before the American League and the National League were against each other during the regular season. I feel like yeah. Because it's about pride then. You have connections to either the National League or the American League. But at this point, there's no difference between the American and National Leagues anymore there's no there's no real fandom with it it's just which players play for which teams it's going to be awesome to see alexis diaz play tonight and he's still going to play his heart out with it even though i kind of wish he wouldn't because I, I want his arm to rest before that big series against the brewers okay but let me like imagine this it's a 2-1 game and alexis diaz comes in in the ninth like base is loaded he needs three outs he comes in, he strikes all three of those guys out. Reds go on to go to the World Series. Alexis Diaz is the reason that we have first World Series game at in, in Cincinnati. I think that, for that reason, like these players would be playing for something because they'd be playing for their teams on a different team that just means an overgeneralization of the league. Yeah, that, that was a weird way to put it, but you know what I mean. Counterpoint, Brent Rooker comes to the plate. Oakland Athletics, I'd imagine he's their only all-star. I think he's the only he's the only person I can think of off that team aside from Tony Kemp. And Tony Kemp's not good anymore. Brent Rooker comes to the plate. The Athletics are 40 games below 500. He sits at the plate. Is he still trying as hard to get a hit? Yes. You know, but what does he have to play for for that? You know, it's not like having the World Series at an American League ballpark. Does that really matter for Brent Rooker? No. It, no, it does not. But you have to remember, a lot of these guys are still friends outside of their individual teams. So if I'm like Joe Schmo and I'm, I'm on an American League team that's going to go to the World Series, but I'm not an all-star, and my bestie on another team hits that ball and is the reason that I get to have my first World Series game at home, I'm going to be thankful for him. And, like, the thing about, yes, they're still trying, but it's, once again, like, how do we reinstill that pride to be from either the American League or the National League? That's a way to reinstill that pride and get rid of that just kind of gray space. But, okay, do we remember the World's, or the, the All-Star games from 2003 to 2016? Could you really tell from those All-Star games that it was, like, that much more important 
because of it, aside from, you know, the TV inundating that, you know, this is important because the winner goes to the World Series, the winner hosts, the the winning league hosts game one of the World Series. No, if, if they didn't bring that, it, it's not like the intensity is that much higher. But I feel like the last All-Star game I really remember watching was when it was in Cincinnati. And wasn't that like a really close game and it actually really did matter? There was one recently where it was really close and it actually would have mattered so much. It was the, um, I, I want to say Dylan sees. It's not Dylan sees. It was the uh, Liam Hendricks save. Yes. Ooh. That, yeah. that game. You throw the, throw, throw the World Series uh, host into that, that thing gets much more serious. That been, and that was, a, 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 you know, to your point, that was a great all-star game anyways. But, you know, how much better could it have been? That, I don't know. I, I just want to. I want to see the again. I want to see the best players playing their best. And I will say, a lot of the times when we get to the All Star break, a lot of the players that are getting voted onto the teams are these players from the World Series teams or or the hometown where it's getting hosted. So then that does make it that much more because if that team does end up going to the World Series and they, as their respective league, won that home field advantage, your club's going to be that much more happy with you. True. I don't know. Well, I, I just, I, I, don't, I don't see how it changed it back in the day, so I don't think it's going to change it much now. But I don't know. We'll see. I, I think we'll still see how the All-Star, case, All-Star game goes. You are listening to The Sports Fan, presented by JNK Contracting. Stay informed about the stock market from Goldsberry Wealth Strategies. Weekdays at 5.30 on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. The report follows the news. Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a broker-dealer and is independent of RJFS. Robotic technology. Minimally invasive procedures. Custom joint replacement. And 3D imaging. These are advanced surgical procedures available at Holzer. Our game-changing advancements provide quality outcomes, which means you return to living your life sooner. With Mako and DaVinci Robotics, we are taking surgical care to the next level. Think Holzer first. Family dinners, game nights, and holiday parties, it all happens at home. In the Ohio Housing Finance Agency, Departments of Commerce and Insurance want to help Ohioans realize the dream of home ownership. Visit myohiohome.org for more information on how to find a real estate agent, down payment assistance, and more. If you're ready to buy a home, help is available. Visit myohiohome.org. Home ownership. Make it a part of your future. Sponsored by the Ohio Housing Finance Agency and aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970-WATH. It's time for our Surefire Hot Picks, and we're going sicko mode with it. We're being sickos with all... There's literally the all-star game of the WNBA, so those are our two options to uh, 
bet on our surefire hot picks tonight. And Brunke, you're going with the WNBA. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I got bailed because uh, the Las Las Vegas plays Phoenix tonight. Um, Brittany Griner is back for for Phoenix uh, after everything that happened, but the Aces are 17 and two. 17 and two. I don't care that it's the NBA or the WNBA. That is very impressive to win that many games with that few losses. Um, they, this is almost a surefire pick from ESPN as well. It's a 90.2% uh, uh, matchup predictor for the Las Vegas Aces. Give me the Aces. Yeah. Money line? Um, I don't know. I can't see the money line. It is The spread is 17 for the are, are you taking the spread well probably not they're so not they're not incredibly high scoring <laughs> that's so. true that's true ashley what's yours i would like to take the american league please um because uh, from my recent memory the american league wins every year um i'm that's that's all i've got pretty much um i don't know all much about lines and over under and all that because i'm not mathy like that but i don't know i just something in me says the american league's gonna win i yeah that's that's understandable considering i'm double checking to make sure but i don't think they've won since like 2013 uh myself i'm gonna go under i think it's a pitching matchup tonight over under seven and a half give me under for the all-star game how many home runs go how many home runs four 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 total four total uh how about three just to be different i don't know i don't know uh i can't find how long it was since the national league uh won an all-star game uh it was 2011 right maybe or no maybe last year was seven years straight let's see uh 2022 i can't i can't oop 2012 2012 just meet the buzzer on that so we'll have more sports fan tomorrow here on w a t h